Welcome everybody to chapel. Good morning, everyone. We're going to start with worship for this first chapel this semester. Please uh, turn in your hymnals to number six, or you can use the overhead projection. Let's walk together. Number six, let's walk together. And let's stand, everybody. Let's walk together for a while and ask where we My name is Chris Pelega, and I am a member of the campus safety team here at Goshen College. And on behalf of my team and all the employees, faculty, staff, administrators, everyone, we say welcome, 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 welcome today. If you are a brand new student coming in, this is your first semester, welcome to Goshen College. If you're a returning student, we say welcome back. 
Welcome to a brand new semester, new classes, new learning opportunities. Welcome to 2024, right? And most of all, welcome to chapel today. We are glad to see you. The theme for today's chapel is walking together, serving one another. I invite you right now, if you can, if you haven't already, to silence your phones, your tablets, anything else that might distract you, set aside all distractions and start to center your hearts, focus your minds for worship today. So when I first got Pastor Jen's outline for worship today, I was thrilled to see that later on, spoiler alert, we're going to be singing the, the hymn, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? Ever since I can remember, I have loved that hymn. I don't know long, how long it's been around or how long we've been singing it, but at my home congregation, we often sing it when everyone comes forward for anointing. And I think that's the perfect union in my mind. During anointing, whether you're being anointed or you're the one who does the anointing, there's an intimate, vulnerable feeling, but yet there's oftentimes comfort. And those are the emotions that this hymn like evokes in me as well. So I feel like those are great that we sing that hymn while people are being anointed in my home congregation. And the same can be said when we serve other people or they serve us. There's intimacy, vulnerability, yet comfort. But above all else, when it comes to serving, God is at work in and through us. Will you please pray with me? Gracious God, we recognize there are many ways to follow Jesus and to do your will and your work in the world. But when we share our gifts and talents in service to others, we not only serve them, but we also serve you. Who, oh God, will you lead us to serve today, tomorrow, next week, or the years to come? And who, O oh God, will you lead to serve us? Help us to be open to them. Help us trust you. Help us listen. God, encourage us, comfort us, unite us. Bless this community as we come together in worship. Make our joy complete in praise to you. Amen. Let's continue in worship by turning to 116, Cuán Grande Es Dios, Cuán Grande Es Dios, 116, or follow along on the overhead. We'll be singing it in Spanish, and let's stand again together. Damn, no. 
Let's continue by singing, I bind my heart this tide. I bind my heart this tide. Number 556. Five hundred and fifty-six. We'll do unison first verse, and then we can go to harmony. Good morning. I'll be reading from Philippians 2, verses 1 through 11. If then there is any comfort in Christ, any consolation from love, any partnership in the Spirit, any tender affection and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to cling to, but emptied himself, taken the form of a servant, assuming human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human, he humbled himself, and he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him even more highly and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that the name given to Jesus every knee should bend, 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. It's so good to see you all again. I don't know why you came to Goshen College in the first place. Maybe some of you came because you got a great financial aid package. Maybe you're here because you got a good scholarship. Or maybe a coach recruited you to play. Maybe you're here because your family went here. So you're kind of following in that tradition. Maybe you came to Goshen College because you want to be in the music program and sing in Souter Hall. Or you want to be a part of the nursing program or the new master's program in social work. We're all here for different reasons, right? But we're here. We are part of this larger community of Goshen College. So I wonder how we are going to make the most of our time while we're here. We could just take our classes, get our degree, and move on. That's an option, for sure. But I think that there's more here for us than that. We are part of something much bigger than ourselves. And this campus community is part of something much bigger than you or me. The Goshen College motto is culture for service. That's because at our core, Goshen College, we are a Mennonite and a Baptist institution, and we believe that serving others is following in the way of Jesus. Jesus, fully divine, did not attach to his divinity, but he chose to set that aside and come and hang out with us lowlifes. <laughs> Jesus set that aside so he could become human and become one of us. And by being fully human, Jesus experienced the full humanity that we do. He felt our pain. He was hungry. He was thirsty. We know that he was lonely, he was afraid, and he suffered. Jesus could have chosen to hold on to his divine status and say, I don't want any part of that human experience. It's hard, it's uncomfortable, it's painful. But Jesus chose to identify with us, to be with us so fully and completely that he even chose to submit to death, the ultimate human experience. Webster defines service as a helpful act or useful labor that does not produce a tangible commodity or contribution to the welfare of others. So I know we're already serving others in a lot of ways here. 
If you're getting a degree in nursing or teaching or social work or psychology or physical therapy, your entire career is going to be serving others. Some of us are volunteering or tutoring or helping out in the community. I just sent off a group on SST. So if you go on SST, that program includes six weeks of service where you go to another culture and you help. So service is helping others, like Webster says. It's doing good works for the benefit of other people. But I, with all due respect to Webster, I think that service is more than that. I think service is not only doing for someone, service is being with someone. Serving someone else or serving one another has to be rooted in relationship. Serving starts with presence. It begins with just showing up. If we move to serving that is doing, fixing, helping, before we have any kind of a connection with the person we're serving or any kind of presence with them, it can actually create problems. So you're saying, wait a minute, you're saying service, Jen, can be harmful? Maybe sometimes. Robert Lupton wrote a book called Toxic Charity, and he talks about the harm that it can cause when we do something for someone else. He says, doing for rather than doing with those in need is the norm. Add to it the combination of patronizing pity and unintended superiority, and then charity becomes toxic. In other words, when I am serving someone based on what I think they need or what I think is best, then it's about me. And then I'm not truly serving anymore because I'm doing it for my own agenda and my own ego. So maybe I need to be needed. Maybe I want to feel like I'm a good person. Maybe I want to help so that I feel superior in some way. The type of serving talked about in our scripture that Elisa read this morning goes deeper. It's more hidden. This way of serving might not have an obvious outcome or a tangible result. Serving that starts with being rather than doing is what Jesus modeled for us. Jesus emptied himself, comes from the Greek word kenosis, and took the form of a servant. So kenosis is this idea of self-emptying. So hang on, let me be clear. This self-emptying is not abandoning yourself. Rather, kenosis is this idea of living with open hands. So instead of clinging to your own ideas or your own agenda or your own way of seeing the world, you choose to let go. You set aside your own preferences and you look not to the interests of yourself, but to the interests of others. I think this is why our SST program is so powerful. 
It's designed with intention, on purpose. We don't just arrive in this culture, go and do a project, serve, and then come home. No. First, we go and we just live among the culture. We observe, we listen, we learn, we live among families, and we let the culture teach us. We are in a position of humility. We consider others before ourselves. And then, the second six weeks, we do. We serve. So what does all this mean for us here with our community? We understand what it means to serve others in our community and around the world, but how are we going to walk together and become united by serving one another? So it's a new year, new semester. I am not big into New Year's resolutions, but I do wonder what it would look like if going forward, each of us committed to serving one another in this idea of being with one another. If we humbled ourselves and went outside of our comfort zones to do this, we've got different interests, we've got different majors, we've got different clubs and teams we belong to, we live in different buildings here on campus and we commute from a distance, but we all have time. I'm inviting us to serve one another with our time and with our presence. So just pick something, anything, and just show up and be present, be with one another. So pick a team, pick a club, choose a campus organization like the Record, the Globe, join a choir, become involved in a small group, take part in campus ministries events, which by the way, our campus ministries team is here. Can I have you quickly stand up so you all can see who they are? Look around, one, two, three, four. Thank you, they're great. Yeah, they're great. So take part in campus ministries events. We've got them going on all the time. Attend a club, support students who aren't in your circles, like BSU, LSU, ASA, just to name a few. Go to an academic symposium learn something, or a business entrepreneurship event, sign up to play intramural sports, attend an event that discusses peace in the Middle East, read the campus communicator, the list goes on and on and on. Okay, now, I know some of you are thinking, I'm too busy, I don't have time. I hear you, I hear you. So, if you think you don't have time, Maybe you can shift what you're already doing and just tweak it a little bit. So change it up. Maybe instead of studying in your room or studying in the commuter lounge, maybe you go to the library where you're going to interact with different circles of people. Or maybe instead of eating lunch in your apartment, you go to the cafeteria and you sit down and say to someone, is this seat taken? And you strike up a conversation. Whatever you decide to do, remember, it's not about you. It's not about how you're going to feel or what you like or don't like. Remember, we're talking about kenosis. It's this idea of serving others by emptying yourself of your own preferences. You set aside your comfort, your interests, and then, in fact, Pick an activity that's outside of your interests and look to the interests of others. 
back when our kids were little, they were all in these different events and they had different interests. Some chose to play sports, some wanted to be in music, some were into Taekwondo. And one thing we did as parents, and we didn't do everything right, believe me, just ask our son Caleb. <laughs> one thing we did prioritize was attending each other's events together as a family. I cannot tell you how many times as we were getting ready to go to one of our kids' events, the other kids would grumble privately to my husband and I, and they would say things like, I don't even feel like going to this Christmas concert. It's going to take forever. Or, I'm not even interested in Taekwondo. Why do I have to go and sit there and watch him do his thing? Or, Mom, the soccer team that he's on isn't even that good. He's probably not even going to play. Why do I have to go and sit through that game? Or, it's so boring, I don't want to go. And we would look at them in the eye and smile and say, it's not about you. This is not about how you feel or what you want to do. This is about our family. This is about we just show up for each other. This is who we are. We love and support each other. We're not going to this event necessarily because the event interests us. We're going to show up because we're interested in our family member. We're interested in each other. We want your sibling to know that they're part of something bigger. They're a part of our family. And being in our family means that we belong to each other. We support each other. So this is what I imagine for us here on our campus community. That we just show up at each other's events. This is what I'm inviting us to do. It might be boring for you <laughs> at first. It might be uncomfortable because it's going to be outside of your interests. But that's a good sign. That means that you are looking to the interests of others rather than yourself. And you're becoming part of something bigger than just you. Our family recently hosted the men's basketball team in our home for a meal. And this was a stretch for me because I didn't grow up playing sports. So I was listening to them talk, kind of watching, and I tried to enter in. I didn't even know what questions to ask these guys. And I'm pretty sure I made a fool of myself. My husband grew up playing basketball, and at one point he looked over at me and he was like, nah, 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 just stop. I was asking questions like, so, are you guys working out, you know? Like, what do you do? Do you do, like, reps? And he's like, oh. <laughs> but they were all so gracious to me, these guys. They answered my questions with respect and kindness, and we ended the evening knowing each other a little better. And we felt like we're on the same team. We're part of the same community. You can do this, too. Whatever you choose to do, just do it. And remember, it's not about you. It's about showing up for each other. And just start by taking one step. Just give your presence, give your time, and be with each other. And stick with it. Don't give up if it feels hard. 
You can do it. And just watch how, step by step, over time, when you start spending time with others and being with others, they start to not feel like others. They start to feel like part of you. You learn people's names. You start to recognize them walking around campus. You see them in the cafeteria and you smile. Now this doesn't mean that you become BFFs with a brand new social group. It doesn't mean that you completely forget who you are and you lose your identity. But what might happen is that as you go outside of your comfort zone into new spaces, new groups, new activities, you start realizing and feeling like, hey, I'm a part of a bigger family. I'm part of this Goshen College community, the Maple Leafs. So when we stop clinging to our ego and our interests and our preferences, then we can start seeing each other as fellow travelers on the road. When I conclude my time with you, when I share with you up front like this, I often like to have a time of response when I invite you to come forward as a way of showing your intention. But today, I invite you to take your steps in real time. You can respond to this invitation you've heard this morning by showing up for your fellow students and respond by going to an event. And once you try this, let me know how it goes. Stop by my office, shoot me an email, let's meet for coffee or conversation. I would love to hear from you. Let's walk together by serving one another, by being present with each other. When we humble ourselves, when we are with one another, we are living in the way of Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. Will you let me be your servant? I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. When you score a goal, I'll cheer with you. When you lose, I'll support you. When you sing, I will be there to hear you. When you need to speak up for power, I will listen and I will ask you, how can I help? Will you let me be your servant? Pray that I can have the grace to let you be my servant too. Let's respond to Jen's calling by singing, Will You Let Me Be Your Servant? You'll find this in Voices Together, 778, 778.
So before we close, you're all invited to the fellowship hall for cookies and conversation. Before you go, hang on, hang on. We've got two reps here from local service agencies that would love to talk with you about service. If you're interested in serving for a gap year in the summertime for a couple of weeks over vacation, their names both happen to be Eric. Would you guys stand? Eric Kurtz from Mennonite Central Committee and Eric Fry from Mennonite Mission Network. They would love to talk to you. Please stand for the benediction. May your love overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion. Go in peace. <laughs>